Well, welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. It's an absolute pleasure to have Kevin O'Brien, who's the Group Risk and Sustainability Executive at SPA Group with us today. He's also an attorney by profession. And then we've also got Patrick Brescher with us, who's a director from Norton Rose Fulbright, and he's been a long-time contributor to Business Day's Business Law and Tax. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Great having you with us. Now, the topic today is gender-based violence. We're heading into the 16 days of activism uh, later in November. And it's a, such a powerful initiative. We have a huge problem in SA when it comes to gender-based violence and how do we actually practically get around this problem. And so I wanted to just start with Patrick, who wrote a, a column recently, and it was um, an interesting take on the Disaster Management Act. Now, uh, that act was obviously implemented in the light of the COVID crisis, and some stats have just come through, highlighting how severe the crisis was from a GBV perspective specifically. And, and the numbers that are, that are coming through, that in the first three weeks of the lockdown alone, there were more than 120,000 victims of gender-based violence and femicide phoning in. Um, and so, Patrick, your idea also was to say, well, let's look at this Disaster Management Act and see if we can actually use it as opposed to potentially just regulating open-toed shoes and such things and use it for GBV. Is it, is it possible, Patrick? Yes, can I just start, Evan, by saying, you know, I'm really a solution person. And when I was young, there was a New South poster which had a Kwashiorkor hungry child on it, and it said, thank you, I was hungry, and you called a conference. And those are the things that make me nervous. You know, I've got in front of me here, I've got the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide. It's 110 pages, dated 11 March. I've got the Emergency Response Action Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide, dated the 30th of April. And I've got a letter from the 14th of September saying they are appointing trustees to look into the issue. And, uh, you know, gender-based violence to me is in the ordinary sense of the word a disaster. And it occurred to me, you, you mentioned in your opening that the disaster that's currently been declared for COVID-19 has had a spin-off in relation to gender-based violence and extended the disaster. Now, if you look at the Disaster Management Act, it could almost have been written to solve the problem because it says the, a disaster is a progressive human-caused occurrence. Well, that's what we have. It's progressively getting worse. You just mentioned that. Which causes death or injury or a significant disruption to the life of a community. Now, I make the point in my article that, you know, women now and women who have, and not women only, parents who have daughters are fearful. They don't want them anywhere on the streets. They don't, even to send them to school is sometimes an issue. And then it says it has to be of a magnitude that exceeds the ability of those affected by the disaster to cope with its effects using their own resources. Now, there fits absolutely. We cannot, as individuals and mothers and daughters and parents with daughters, can't cope on their own ability. So declare a disaster. You can do it. It's perfectly in order. It's going to be a longer disaster than some of the things like declaring a drought, etc. But until we've put the resources in it and a national um, committee to look at it on a monthly basis, then we can stop talking and, and do some of the practical things. Just let me mention one before I stop. Sure. And that is, you saw, and we have uh, we have Kevin here to talk about uh, what commerce can do. You saw that Volkswagen set aside a whole area in order to turn it into a field hospital, yeah. as it were. You can. What we lack here is shelters for women and children who are beaten up at home. Yeah. 
people go to the magistrate's court getting a protection order and then they go home with no protection at all, sometimes to get injured, worse or killed. So those sort of things can be done as a disaster. So let me stop there, but I think it fits the act. We know how disasters work now. We see how a National Command Council can get things going and put resources where they belong. And that is my plan. Wonderful. Patrick, thanks very much. And I want to get to secondary victimization and also in some respects in the judiciary system at the moment where the skills uh, is a problem. We'll get to that just now. But just to to Kevin, because I think uh, your initiatives as SPA group really tie in quite well, Kevin, because I noted there that there's a big campaign that you've been driving for quite some time. But one of the elements is exactly what Patrick was alluding to as to how we need different departments to work together. It's very much about collaboration. And you found the Right partnerships uh, by the looks of things here, Kevin, with the NPA as well and the Sexual Offences Community Affairs Unit in particular. Hey, Evan, thank you very much, and um, thanks very much for that, Patrick. I, I, I must, I must actually say that I, I support your thinking with regard to this because this is an issue of significant uh, importance in, in our society, and um, uh, many years have passed, and many things have been spoken about. But not an awful lot has happened, and so I think it's it's with that thinking that um, Evan, you know, you, you refer to the work that we at SPA are doing uh, in the form of a campaign, and I think I just want to correct you there uh, because for me this is not a campaign. Yeah. You know, campaigns are things that you start and you finish, and you know, so you have Women's Month, you have all these type of things. Yeah. This is something that has got to come become part of. If I use SPA uh, just for the moment. It has to become part of who we are forever. Because this is something which we, it is contrary to our values as an organization, and we need to be courageous enough to deal with things that are contrary to our values that are happening in society. And you mentioned another issue, Evan, which is really important, that's the collaborative part of this. And so we understand that the issue uh, of gender-based violence in our society is of such magnitude that there is no ways we can deal with this on our own. It is impossible. We need to partner with people. And I think business has often been quiet when it comes to making a really meaningful and impactful uh, stand against an issue like gender-based violence. And so when we looked at this, uh, for me it was really important that we partnered with the National Prosecuting Authority. They are ultimately the people who will deal with various convictions that may well happen. And as we all know, not every victim of gender-based violence actually ends up reporting it because of the issues uh, that, 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 that there are around people who may, uh, they may talk to you in police stations or something like that. They feel fearful of that and don't go about it. So the National Prosecution Authority is a really important partner for us, and particularly the work that they're doing, uh, the government's doing the Tutuzela centers in, in a number of hospitals, and, and, you know, there is a drive to roll that out. And so we have... Uh, chosen to work with government and the National Prosecuting Authority to look at how we can play a part in ensuring that those centres are places of safety and comfort for victims of gender-based violence to go there. And that's inclusive of any training or intervention that's needed for the people who uh, are, are running those centres, be they uh, prosecuting people, be they South African police, be they councillors, that they are also sensitised to the nuances around gender-based violence because that's really important uh, for any victim to... to. So, so, Evan, absolutely. I think that this is a big issue. We have to collaborate. We have to work together. 
anybody else in industry, be yeah. it anybody who may well be a, 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 a competitor, anybody within our, our value chain, we need to find a way to work together so we can have an impact on what's happening uh, in our society around gender-based violence. And government is a critically important partner in this. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned prosecution there as well um, in the area, and we're looking at sexual offences, but you know this is broader as well. It's about child justice, it's domestic violence, it extends to trafficking. Um, and, and just to go to Patrick again, I mean, the prosecution service itself hasn't really had the capacity. Patrick, you do mention, for instance, the need for proper labs and DNA labs to ensure that this can all happen. Yes, I think that's, uh, it, which is why the Disaster Management Act is so useful because it's, uh, it puts the resources where they're required. And you're quite right. I mean, DNA is for, for not for so much domestic abuse, but for other abuse and killings and violence and so on. We've now got, we've got three bits of legislation in the offing here to deal with sexual offences and, and gender-based violence. But, you know, Assault has been an offence since Roman times, probably. We don't need more laws. We need more enforcement and need more empathetic enforcement. I mean, Kevin's title includes the word sustainability, and that's really the key. When we've got a sustainable thing going, you can stop the disaster happening. You know, and it's a matter of resources. I suppose listeners won't miss the point that we are three males here talking about the issue. But, I mean, males are to an extent, to a large extent, in charge of the economy and the resources and the other side. There's a great deal being done by women's groups, but it's really for people with resources and ability and ideas to push it. And we are just a small group, obviously. But I, I made the point as well in the article that in England now that they've got court systems which are far more um, intrusive into the system. It's not just a a magistrate who sits and listens to two sides of the story after I had a case the other day with 27 postponements to get some maintenance. You know, we can't have that kind of thing. It's got to be a, it's got to be an active system where the judicial officer plays a role to see how things get going and get on with it and, and not just leave sometimes women to their own resources without legal representation trying to put their case across. We just need everything thrown at this problem in a big way, as the same way we did with COVID, but perhaps even bigger. You know, when you see 10.5 billion going into airlines, let's put another 10.5 billion into into what the suggestions are. And, and Kevin, your um, your broad um, approach to to assisting and collaborating on this. Um, includes also support, for instance, the Lifeline uh, Centre as well. And I note there that you also, there's an element of even the perpetrators, you know, there needs to be the support uh, across the board. The victims, you know, everyone that is where, that's embedded in this, uh, which has become endemic, really, problem. Yeah, so, Evan, I, yeah, I mean, the association with, well, the partnership with Lifeline was critically important for us because the, the victims of gender-based violence are not only people who shop at spa stores, they're people who are in society in general. So the connection uh, with Lifeline was to provide at the end of the road for people a counseling service for everybody who may well be a victim of gender-based violence and wishes to talk to somebody. So our involvement with them was to provide that backup service because I think we've tried to understand the, the system that surrounds gender-based violence because there is a system around everything. And, 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 you know, you can't only be involved in one part of the system. 
to improve the system. You need to understand the system and then and then find partners who will be able to assist you in improving the entire system. So Lifeline is a critically important partner from a counseling point of view. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned, the Tutuzela Center is really important from the point of view of a place of safety for the victims of gender-based violence to be able to go to and get appropriate assistance from a legal point of view, from a health point of view, and from a psychological point of view, because there are counselors there as well. So, uh, you know, the, the work with Lifeline, uh, they're a really important partner for us. And, and so even from a branding point of view, and I, I hate talking about this because this is not about branding, but it's about creating awareness, is the association with Lifeline on anything that we put out there is really, really key. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that was uh, the reason behind uh, choosing Lifeline as a, as yeah. a partner. No, that sounds wonderful. It's, it's very broad, and I think it permeates um, across numerous areas, which is really powerful. Um, and I know that a lot of commitment has gone in there. Um, Patrick, when it comes to the judiciary dealing with this, though, secondary victimization has come up. It is a concern. Some people don't even come forward. They don't want to be put through that system. Um, that's very adversarial. And so we're not even having all the cases coming forward, right? Is, what's the best way to solve that? Yes, I mean, there's, there's a very interesting article in the business day this morning on the issue. It's now the 3rd of November for people who want to go back and look. But they make the point, you know, they're just creating more criminal offences. Now, there's a criminal offence for not reporting gender-based violence, and that actually just discourages people yeah. from coming forward. It's no good criminalising things. You've got to solve things. And the other thing, you know, I had a sort of eye-opening moment this morning reading the article because the other point they made is that and my article dealt with it from one side, a reactive thing and how to deal with gender-based violence. But on the other side of the coin, you've got to heal people who are guilty of gender-based violence or that kind of thinking. And that I didn't address. And that's something, too. I mean, A, on the sort of counseling things and getting people to see the, the error of it and what it's doing to people, that is not just a publicity thing. It's, it's healing people's own minds and healing people's attitudes and patriarchy just has to be dealt with and so there's a broader issue here but that can all be dealt with by a national command council it really can and if the leadership comes from the top and not just speeches but action and money and plans and there are plans those documents i referred to earlier there are lots of plans but we just need urgent implementation well, wonderful, gentlemen. Thanks for the time. It's been great chatting to you. I think um, we've highlighted the fact that we have a serious, serious problem. Uh, more needs to be done. But the reality is that with a pragmatic approach, with a broad initiative and collaboration, we can do it. Uh, so thanks very much. It's been great chatting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Evan.